in St. John chapter 9. We'll start with the first verse. It's a familiar story here. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works, that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is being interpreted sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Amen. You all may have your seats. Amen. If we could just, just bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just believe that you... See us gathered together this evening, Lord, in your name. Lord, we've come to worship you. We've come to the house of correction, Lord. Lord, we just pray that you would clean our lives out, that you would just move in a mighty way. Lord, that I would just be able to calm myself and to listen to your spirit, Lord, and to speak the words that you'd have me to speak, Lord. And if there's anything in my notes that you'd have me refrain on, Lord, I just pray that I would be, Lord, in touch with you to just speak what you would have for your people tonight, Lord. We just love you and thank you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so I'd like to speak tonight. My title would be Seize the Moment. Seize the Moment. And and I like to take, um, I like to look at the definitions of things. So um, seize means to take possession of, confiscate. Another is to take possession by legal process. It means to capture, arrest, clutch, grasp, apprehend. To take or lay hold suddenly or forcibly. And then the meaning of moment, uh, most of us would, would already know. A minute, er, er, a minute portion or point of time an instant, a, br- a comparatively brief period of time. That's what, that's what moment means. So to seize the moment would be to lay hold suddenly Amen. to a point of time. So that's what we're going to be looking at uh, this evening. And it, it may seem like we go a little bit of a different direction to start off with, uh, but, but we're, gonna co- we're going somewhere tonight. Amen. We're going to come back, back around. Uh, forgive me if I don't look out at you guys. I I like to be, uh, I, a lot of times I'm, I'm stuck to my notes, but it's, it's all good. <laughs> I'm just, just trying to connect with you guys and calm myself a little bit and then 
and, and we'll get into it. We're going to be going through several scriptures, uh, several quotes. I always, I always like to say if I have enough scriptures and quotes in there, no matter what else I say, they should be able to get something from it because the word was preached regardless. <laughs> so we're going to take for, for a moment, we're going to start out and, and look at um, Saul versus David. And, and so we're going to start in, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, and we're just going to s- skip through some, some of the scriptures, and, and most of us know the story, so we'll just talk through some of it and then and read some scriptures as well. Uh, 1 Samuel 10, verse 9 says, And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, he's turning his back to go from him um, after he had told him that uh, Samuel had told Saul that he'd be king. Uh, it says, God gave him another heart, and all those signs came to pass that day. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And, and that's always caught my, my attention, and, and I've always noticed that scripture, because most of us know, as, as you go on, that Saul kind of fell away from following the yes, Lord yes. and rebelled against him. Yes. So we're going to go to uh, 1 Samuel 13, 11, which is only two years later. Okay. It says, 1 Samuel 13, 11, and Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not within the days appointed, that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Mishmash, Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered burnt offering. And he's, he's, I think Brother Bram would take the scripture, if I believe, and preach um, doing God a service without it being his will. And, and he was trying to figure out God in his mind. Instead of just trusting the Lord. If we'll continue on with verse 13, he says, And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. Notice, a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Right. And then um, in Acts 13.22, it says, And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave their testimony, and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. And it just always, I didn't understand and uh, this, this scripture for, for a long time, and as a, a brother was reading about it, and we had been studying on the Holy Ghost, I just, I just began to, to look, and, and the Lord was, was revealing it to me, that w- what was the difference? Because if you look at, you look at just the surface failures in the surface of it is you had Saul who he goes he makes a sacrifice unto the Lord it just it it wasn't his position he was out of order but 
he was he was a religious man. You look at, at, at his, other, his other failures, the Lord sends him down to completely destroy, I believe it's the uh, Amalekites, and he goes and he keeps the king and he keeps the best of the sheep and the best of the cattle for what? To sacrifice unto the Lord. He was a very, very religious. He had a new spirit or a new heart, but he didn't have the heart of God. You look at David. And look at his failures. He goes and he, and he sees a beautiful lady. He goes and takes her and then tries to cover up his sin and has the man killed. But look at what happened when the prophet comes to both of them. When the prophet comes to Saul, he tries to defend himself. That religious spirit goes, no, 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 no. You see, I'm not wrong. I was, I was trying to do God a service. Uh-huh. Yeah. And David goes, Lord, forgive me. I have yeah. sinned against you. Forgive me. He had a heart after God's own image. He wanted to, to turn himself back unto God and, and to not defend himself, but to say, Lord, I can accept your word. If your word says I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah. David repented. 2 Samuel 12, 13 says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Amen. I'm so glad that the Lord has put away my sins. I'm just going to take a quote here, and we're going to kind of bring bring this thought together. Brother Branham says, Now, a lot of people, even you Pentecostal people, and may I say even you message believers, a lot of times get mistaken in that. Mm -hmm. You get a new spirit. That's not God's spirit. That's That's you. That isn't God. You get a little happy because you got a new spirit. You jump up and down, run around over the floor maybe, and shout a little bit. You speak with tongues, you run around a little bit, you think you got the Holy Ghost. That's not it. That's a new spirit God gave you. That's you. Then after he gives you your spirit, then he said, I'll put my spirit. That's what the matter with the, the, mis, the, the mis meal uh, cramps you got today. That's right. That's the reason you can't get nowhere with God. Notice, you put a new spirit, God has to give you a new spirit, or you couldn't even get along with him. You couldn't even get along with him. And that's what, that's what I got from, from looking at Saul. He receives a new heart. And what does he do? He goes down, he prophesies with the prophets. See, his, his, his spirit before wasn't compatible with God. But now he's got a new spirit but he doesn't have the Holy Spirit, and he goes down and he's able to prophesy with the prophets, but yet he got a religious spirit and he didn't go all the way with God. So he got a new heart, but he didn't get God's heart. And that's what Brother Brandon's saying here. He's saying too many times we repent and we get that new spirit, but we haven't gone on to being sealed with the Holy Spirit. Said you can't get along with yourself. That'll devil's spirit you had in you 
So he's got to put a new spirit in you so you can get along with the Holy Spirit. Amen? I will put a new spirit in them, and I will put my spirit in them. He said, after he's given you a new spirit, that's you, don't get it confused with God's spirit. It's not. It's your new spirit. So he can get along with the Holy Spirit if if he ever gives it to you. Amen. And that is the, the inner veil in 56, the, that quote I just read. So that's what had happened to Saul. And he never went all the way. And so I just, I just began to see that Saul was a type of that, maybe the, the foolish virgin. But David was the type of the, the true bride of Christ that would have God's own heart. So I'm going to jump into my personal testimony here. Um, a lot of you guys, you, you, you've, you know me, uh, who I am, but you haven't, very, very few people have actually heard my testimony. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and jump into this. Um, I'm not going to get into the full thing because uh, I'm, I'm pulling points from it. Um, and so I'm just going to kind of uh, skip along through my testimony so I can uh, pull some points through it. Um, but at the age of four or five years old, I, I received Jesus into my life, and we were actually at a Seventh-day Adventist Bible school. Um, my mom needed to potty train one of my sisters, and she said, what do I do with all these kids? So she sent us to a vacation Bible school so she could work on potty training them. So even in a Seventh-day Adventist yes. church, the they t- gave us a very, very simple message. You know, at four or five years old, they understand you're not gonna, you're not gonna take away a lot. So they just gave us a very simple message of Jesus Christ, and they said, anybody who wants to receive the Lord, raise your hands. And I remember making that, that confession. I want to receive the Lord. And, and so many times, us adults, we just get, we get too skeptical, and and, and we just, we, we go, do these children even know what they're doing? They're four, five, six, seven, eight years old. Should we even baptize them? Jesus said, let the little children come. And, and they understand a whole lot more. Uh, Josiah already knows. I think he knows more than we give him credit for. He's already learning, watch, I can drop this toy and they'll pick it up. <laughs> They're very smart. And I've, I've, seen, I've seen and heard testimonies of the devil taking control of young children six six years old and putting spirits on them if the devil can do that he's not a creator you know if the devil can do it god's doing it too and so i think we need to to respect the children i mean they should have respect for their elders as well but we should respect them as well so we started at at a young age we started to play hockey and um we were pretty pretty decent at it. My brother was actually, uh, we were homeschooled, and we had a high school. They were trying to recruit him. Um, and that's kind of how you start on professional sports. You, you get the schools after you, and then colleges after you, and then you go and you go play professionally. And so that was the path we were on. And, and just one day, it, it kind of come down to, hey, we've been playing in this league long enough. We either need to take a step this way or take a step that way. And it was if we go on, we're going to need to start playing on, over the weekend, traveling. We're going to be missing church. And, and we had to make a decision. Are we going to start skipping out on church? Or are we going to change the course we're going on? And, and fortunately, we were young. And a lot of that decision 
um, was influenced by our parents and and the Lord just began, my dad wasn't, wasn't uh, serving the Lord like he should have been, and right around then, the Lord just started working on him, and, and we just decided that wasn't the path. And we look back now, and we go, what, what would have happened if we would have gone down? Yes, who knows if we'd have been any good or not, but if we would have been, look at where, look where these, these athletes end up at. And the Lord kept us from that. And so we had to make that decision to pick church over, yeah. over uh, sports. And so now uh, if we fast forward a couple of years, we're going to get really, really uh, personal. We'll be pretty plain tonight. And so go fast forward till I was around 18 years old. And um, I, I, begot, I got lax. And I, I allowed the devil to come and put a spirit on me. And I, over time, accepted that spirit and began to look at things that I shouldn't and look at women on the Internet. And it just slowly crept in on me to where that devil had gotten a grasp. He had gotten a spirit down on me. And um, that devil, any devil you allow in, he'll stay longer than you thought he'd stay, and he'll take you deeper you give him an inch, and he's going to use that momentum to take you as far as he possibly can. And that's exactly what happened. And I struggled for years and years. And, and I'll just tell you, having, having the, the, the Lord turn my father's heart and to have a father that was serving the Lord that I could talk to, and, and we, would, we would discuss these things because... I was ashamed of what I had done, but I wanted to be free from it, and I knew to be free from it, I would need to be accountable, and so my dad was a huge help in that time, and, and it was just an incredible, incredible testimony. It went from my dad being um, working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. I didn't, want, I didn't even want my dad to be home because um, he was just, he was running like 20-something businesses. He was so stressed out, um, and then... You know, he'd come home to a lot of noise and big messes with a lot of us. And it just seemed like he was always trying to get us in trouble, but he was just, he was really stressed out. And so the Lord took him from that to being one of my best friends, somebody I could go uh, confide in and that we could talk the word. And, and, and he just become a great help in that. And, and it was just a struggle and a struggle. And it, 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 would, it would go in phases. And sometimes it'd be, you know, a day. Sometimes it'd be a month. Sometimes it'd be up to a year. And so the devil started using that to go, you'll never be delivered. Never. No way at all. The Lord's able, yeah. I mean, you hear these testimonies, but it's not for you. You'll, you'll never overcome it. And it began, to, it, it began to weigh heavy on me. I began to be depressed. At, at one point... I just remember having suicidal thoughts going, I'm never going to overcome. And rather than, you know, be a fake Christian, I should just take my life. And I remember that thought going through my mind. But it was just the devil. He, knowing if I can get him off the scene, I've won. But there's one greater. 
And I remember, I remember hearing a story by Brother Branham, and he was up hunting in British Columbia, and uh, the guide had a brother that had an epilepsy spirit on him, and, and Brother Branham saw a vision of the man, and he told him that, that next time that he had a, a, a spell like that to jerk off his shirt and to burn it. Well, in my mind, I was like, okay, well, next time I have, have a, uh, a struggle with that, I'll take off my shirt and I'll burn it. I did that, nothing. I was still the same. That wasn't for me. <laughs> and so the devil come and he'd tempt me and he'd get, just, you're never going to be delivered. And it's like, it was, it, was, it was just, it was killing me on the inside. And I might have looked fine to everybody. Everybody at church had no idea. They would have thought, oh, yeah, look, there's Brother John. You know, he's doing good. You know, he probably doesn't have the struggles I have. Inside, I was dying. I was going through mind battles. So I heard Brother Branham in another quote. I'll just read. read. He said, the old darky colored brother down in the south one time was always happy and his boss said what what makes you so happy all the time boy he said I got heartfelt religion he said there's no such thing he said you made one mistake as far as you know there's no such thing he said you, sh you should have said it that way one day he said I want to get some of that heartfelt religion he said when do you want it he said well Let's go get it. They went out. He said, here's a hayloft. It's nice. He said, yeah, my wife won't hear, hear me or anything out here. Said, that's the way people want it, you know. Hand it to them on a platter. Said, we'll kneel down here. The old brother said, you don't get it here. Well, sir, he went down to the stall. He said, we'll we get it here said no he said we'll get it over in the corn crib said no said where do you get it he said follow me he pulled up his pant legs walked out in the pig pen as hard as he could in the mud said come right out here here's where you get it he said I don't want to come out there he said you don't want it yet boss you don't want it and so I, I heard that story and I said I was looking for something to do. I was looking of my works to do something is what it come down to. And so one night after I had, I had been struggling with that, I went out to our, our cow corral. We have cows, we don't have pigs. And I said, okay, I'll kneel here and I'll, and I'll pray. And I just, I got up and I left the same. There, I just wouldn't completely give up. I wanted to do something and just know it was gone where the Lord was asking me to trust him to give up my life. Yes, that's it. And I remember there was one Friday night, and I had, I had struggled with it and failed, and I, was, I, I went out Saturday morning. I was deer hunting, and anybody that knows me, I love to hunt. That's where I can get out and I can enjoy myself. And I was out there hunting, and I wasn't enjoying it. I was so miserable. And I said, Lord, this is it. I am at a point that this is in between life and death. And I knew something had to give. And the Lord had it that that Sunday, we're having a special minister in that you guys know, Brother Daryl Ward was there. And he come and he, he had preached 
And I had, I, had, I had talked to my dad about it. I had talked to my pastor about it. But I had never gone up in front of the church because I was afraid, you know, they might say something a little, a little loud and somebody else might know what I was struggling with. But that morning, I didn't care. I didn't care if they, if they said it out loud. I did not care. I come to that point that I was ready to give my life completely. And so I come up there for prayer, and Brother Jason and Brother Darrell Ward, they, they prayed for me, and God, rich in mercy, delivered me. And I just remember oh, <laughs> we were having a fellowship after that, and, and I just have, I have a, a great amount of respect for um, all the ministers of God. But Brother Darrell Ward, he's, he's one, we were raised in a tape church, and he's one of the first uh, live ministers um, that I heard. And he preached on for the sake of one. We still remember, my whole family remembers that service and, and just what God will do for the sake of one. Anyways, I, I come up to him after church and just almost with tears in his eyes, he said, it's going to be okay, brother. It's, it's going to be okay. And the Lord just, he delivered me, but yet I had been, I had thought I had been delivered before. So I kept, I was real nervous. I kept being real nervous going, Lord. Is it going to come back? Is it going to come back? I was real nervous. I was, I was scared. I had fear of that. And so f- about four months later, we were, went to a youth camp in Oklahoma. And it was a Friday or Saturday night. And they were, just, they were having a kind of an individual prayer line. And they, they stopped about halfway through. And he goes, there's been several people that have come up here that are struggling with the spirit of pornography. He said, if I were you and you're struggling with that, I'd come up and be prayed for tonight. And I said, Lord, that's not me. I'm, I mean, I've been delivered, but just something is like, well, if he can deliver you of it, he can deliver you of that fear. Yeah. Now's your time. If the Lord's moving, if he's delivering, go forward for that fear. And so I went forward, and they kind of had two different uh, ministers that were praying for people, and I I knew the the one brother, and I knew that he had had actually struggled with it before, and I was like, well, Lord, I want to get him. So I was kind of trying to, like, you know, get to where I'd get him, but the Lord knew who I needed. And so... I, he took longer on the last person than I thought he was going to take. So I end up with this, this other brother, and I come up, and, and I tell him, and he just spoke directly to my heart. Praise God. And he prayed for me, and as I, I walked away, I didn't feel, there was no lightning bolt. There was, there was nothing that like, struck me. But I got over to the side, and my dad was there. Uh, there's kind of a side exit, kind of like this. Um, I guess I would have been going out that side. And my dad was standing right there. And as I gave him a hug, something just broke. And just tears began to flow out of my, my eyes. And I just knew that now, not only had he delivered me, but he had delivered that fear. And I think anybody that struggled with anything, had anything that they've struggled with, that fear can nag at them and come and come and come. And they go, when is it going to come back? When is, is it going to come back? Yet God can deliver you from that. See, the difference was I had the Holy Ghost now. I had the backing power. And I believe that's when I received the Holy Ghost was at that youth camp. And the Lord just came and gave it to me. So we're going to fast forward a little bit farther down the road. 
Um, I'd known Brooke for a long time, and as the Lord would have it, I'd just start to fall in love with her, and, and what a blessing that she has been in my life. And so we get married, and, and we have a little bundle of joy, and Josiah is born, and everything went real great. We're there at the midwife's uh, birthing center, and they, they take his respiratory rate, and it's way, way faster or slower than it need to be. Faster? Okay. It's way faster than it was supposed to be, and they're like, well, it should slow down after a couple hours. So we wait three hours, check, four hours, check, and it just it wasn't slowing down, and we're like, well, we'll see if he can feed, then, then maybe we'll see about, we'll see, you know, if, if we can wait a little longer, um, or if we should go in, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't wake up and eat, and so we're like, okay, well, this isn't good, <laughs> so we, t- we took him to the, to the hospital, they transferred us about two hours away um, to where they had a, a, a baby ICU, pretty much a NICU, and so we were there for five days, um, the staff there was really great, I never felt like his life was in danger, but even then, it's, if, if, if you have a brother or sister that's in the hospital, go and see them, shoot them a text or something. Um, you don't want to overwhelm them, but at the same time, it means a lot. Um, I mean, we didn't, it wasn't anything super serious, but still, after spending five days in the hospital, you're wore out, and it's just good to hear from believers going, we're praying for you, brother. Amen. We support you. If you need anything, let us know. And so... Five days later, we're like, finally, we get to go home. We go home. The next day, we uh, go for his checkup, and we get to the doctor, and we do all, all the checkup stuff, and he comes in and goes, <coughs> um, it, w- his blood work come back, and he, uh, he may have uh, this disease. He's like, I can tell you what it is if you want to study or not. He's like, if, if he has it, then, you know, uh, he, he might need to get enzyme shots and, and stuff. He's like, it could just be something that's kind of in his genes genetically, or it could actually be, um, if he actually has it, we're going to need to get treated for and, and stuff. And so um, he, he really beat around the bush there, and we were like, okay, we'll yeah, write it down, and, and, and we'll... We might look it up. We'll, we'll see. So we get we get home and we and we told we started telling a couple people, hey, just pray that it comes back and and we don't need to worry about it. Um, me and Brooke didn't didn't look it up at all or anything. And then uh, um, somebody else looked it up for us. And so and then it, it got sent out and and some of you guys probably heard and I didn't realize how serious it is. Um, it's a very uh, a very, very serious thing. It's very rare as well. And it's, uh, uh, if I can pronounce it right, Pompeii, P-O-M-P-E, Pompa. Anyways, it's a disease. It says it's a rare disease uh, that's connected with variable rates. Uh, it, it can mess with their, their heart, um, their heart rate as well. Um, but uh, it says that it messes with their skeletal muscles, and it, it, it can it weakens their muscles and, and their organs and their their um, their heart and stuff. It says, uh, if untreated, the life expectancy is less than two years. 
And so we went from just being, being glad we're finally home, you know, that's in the past, and this is, this was put on us, and, and, and I, I get that, I get a text, and, and see what it says, and realize, oh, that's what the doctor meant by that, and that's what he meant by that. That's why he didn't want to tell us, and said we could go home and look it up if we want, and so it just troubled me. It shook me, and, and so I was, I was just, I was at work and trying to work. It was like 100 degrees out, and it, it, it stirred my spirit. I mean, I was, I, was, I was nervous. I was upset. And so finally I get off of work, and I had about a 45-minute uh, drive home. And as I was driving, I just began to think. And my mind went back. And I went, Lord, if you could deliver me yeah. from that evil thing, yep, that's right. if you could bring me a godly wife and bless me with a child yes. you're more than able to deliver him Amen. and and it, it struck my faith and I heard brother Ron Spencer sing this song before and and the song that come to my mind during that hard struggle in my life where I didn't I didn't know what if he actually had this disease what I was gonna do and the the, the thought that song that come to my heart was, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. And I get happy when I think about what he's done for me. And I started rejoicing and singing the song knowing no matter what, no matter what comes, I'm going to trust God. Because he's done enough for me that if he doesn't do anything else for me, I can serve him. I'm not going, Lord. If you don't treat me right, I'm just going to go back into the world. That's not the spirit of a believer. And I said, Lord, no matter what, I'm standing on your word. What was the difference? Is that Holy Ghost, it gives you power to overcome. So let's just talk a little bit about what the Holy Ghost is. Brother Branham says, and what is the Holy Ghost? He says, now notice... But in this, the Holy Ghost is a sign. I mean, the Holy Ghost is a seal. It's a sign that God gave to his chosen children. To reject it is to be cut off from the people. To receive it is to be finished with the world. To be finished with the world and all the things of the world and to be a product that God has put a seal of approval on. He says, what is the Holy Ghost? It's a power. It's a seal. It's a comforter. It's an advocate. It's a sign. Oh my, it's the assurance that God has received you. And I just, I just want to take a little look at, he tells you it's an advocate. Because I remember after coming back after that camp, at, and, and after a month or so, it's like, Lord, I failed you. And I was just listening to what is the Holy Ghost. And, and Brother Branham goes into it's an advocate. Yeah. We're not perfect human beings right. here. Yeah. But through him we're perfect Amen. because that Holy Spirit that's inside of you Amen. is the advocate. So when you fail, you have that heart of God that's quick to repent. And you say, Lord, forgive me. I didn't mean to. It's not just, oh, Lord, forgive me and do it again. No, it's a repenting, to turn from. Amen, praise God. 
Brother Bram says, as we pray together, be determined. Don't be defeated. You can't be defeated. You're children of God. God promised the Holy Spirit to every believer. He wants to give it to you tonight more than you want to receive it. And I just remember going through that part of my life going, Lord, I want it. I want it. I want to receive it. But the Lord wants to give it to you. And I've got an example tonight. I didn't tell Brother John that I was going to use him. <clears throat> but if, if, if you'd come up here, Brother John. <laughs> a lot of times I use the, the younger kids, but I want them to see it tonight. Okay. Um, and so hold this with, with both your hands. Okay. Okay. That's, that's representing the world, things of the world. And the Lord, he's here going, I want to give you the Holy Ghost. You can't take it if you're holding the world. Okay. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, no, there's no way for him to receive it if his hands are full with the world. But if you'll lay the world down, yeah. Brother Steve, you're not getting out of this. I, I need you. Brother Steve is not the devil. But tonight... I needed, I needed an example, and, and he's a little bigger than Brother John, so I wanted, he's going he's gonna to be the, the, if you'll stand there, Brother Steve, stand in between me and him. The devil looks scary. He looks big. You all forget this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, st stand in between us here. So the Lord wants to give it, and the devil's trying to stand in between us. And he's nothing but a bluff. He's got no, no right to be there. And many times, the devil who's standing in between the, you and the Holy Ghost, a lot of times, the name of this devil is called your past. It's called fear. And he's standing in your way. He's threatening. But what do you have to do? Satan, get out of my way. When he's pushed aside, now you have no worldliness. You're ready to receive. The Lord's trying to give it to you. Now just take it. He's giving it to you. He's giving it to you. He wants you to receive it. Thank you, brothers. Very, very, very good. <laughs> and he wants you to receive it. And all you have to do is when that, that fear comes up, the past comes up, well, you've done this. Well, you've done that. Satan, get out of my way. You have no legal right. Yes, you might have a right there if I still have that worldliness. Yeah, th th there is something in between me and the Holy Ghost. But when that's all cleared away, there's nothing to stop you from receiving the Holy Ghost. You push the devil aside and you receive it because it's a promise to you. Brother Branham says, if you've never received the Holy Ghost as yet, don't know anything about it. And, the, and something in your heart telling you that you want it, you stay right there. That's eternal life. That's what you're heir to. Stay right there and look Satan right in your face and say, or, or look Satan right in the face and say, you are the robber. You are the one. I've come to possess what Jesus Christ died for me to have. Now hand it back. Get, get out of my way. Amen. 
Then the first thing you know, that Holy Ghost will pour upon you and something happens, something will happen. What is it? God vindicated. He keeps his word. That's just exactly. When see, when after you see the word is vindicated to you, that you are saved, you do have the Holy Ghost, then what? Abraham had won the victory. Here he come marching back. He was going down with his faith laying on the word that he could bring it back, what he had lost. And here he come back with it, marching the victor's march. That's the same thing you can do if you don't, if you don't have eternal victor's march. You got it. Amen? Just shining. My, the birds sing different. Everybody, you're in love with everybody then. The old hatred, malice, strife is done, gone. Love everybody. Oh, you're just having a great time singing, shouting, praising God. Don't care what anybody says about you. That's all right. Sure, on the victor's march. That's in possessing all things. Amen. And so if we're, we're going to come back around to that seize the moment. Seize the moment. Yes. Okay. Taking hold on a specific Amen. point of time. Amen. Amen. And, and I'm going to give you a couple examples here of both, both ways. Brother Bram says, there's a kidney trouble. Lady, right back there with a kidney condition, you believe that God make you well, lady? If you do, raise up your hand. Accept it. Respond to God's call. You missed it. I'll show you whether you missed it or not. It falls on this lady sitting here, or right here, with her handkerchief over her mouth. This lady sitting here. Here had a back trouble, too. That's right, lady, didn't you? Yes, sir. You just come from an operation, a cancer operation. That's right. Your name is Virginia. That's right. You're healed. Virginia, Jesus Christ makes you well. You missed it. Uh, Anderson, because you didn't respond. See? See? Oh, how much can you unbelieve? Do you see the sovereignty of God? So right there, you've got an example of one person he's speaking to, and she missed it. We're going to move on to the next example. This lady sitting right out here on the end of her row, colored lady sitting right out there with cancer. You think God will make you well, lady? Do you have a prayer card? You don't need one. You're healed. You ought, you. Shame on you. That's on a testimony on the sea. So, so there's times where we have to sit reverently in, in, the, in the spirit of God is moving. And when it comes over you, seize the moment. He says, here, way back here at the back, it's a woman sitting right back here, and she's suffering with a gallbladder condition. Oh, she's going to miss it. God help me. She's, she comes from Indianapolis. Her name is Gilbert. Stand up where you are, lady. There you are. Be made well in the name of Jesus Christ. What happened? She seized the moment. She stood up. She said yes. When she realized it was to her, she said yes. I receive it. And, and I'm not trying to scare anybody here. 
I'm just trying to let you guys see. Many people think they can come to God on their terms at their time. It's not always the case. The Lord is so gracious. He gave me chance over chance and chance. And and a lot of times he'll give you second, third, fourth, you know, many, many more chances. But that's the grace of God, the sovereignty of God. He's not required to do it. So if I were you, I'd seize the moment when the Lord comes by. I would not put it off. The devil is a slick devil. He will take you farther than you ever thought you'd go and keep you longer than you could ever imagine. And and I know that. I know that from my own testimony. We had a brother at our church, and he was he was telling a story. He was working, and he he began to witness um, uh, to this lady. She was asking him, you know, what church do you go to and stuff. And she's like, well, well, what do you believe? He's like, well, have you ever heard of a man named William Branham? And she's like, no. And so he he's talking to her a little bit. And the cleaning lady at the at his client's house goes, oh, I've heard of him. And he's like, uh, from, you know, Jeffersonville. She's like, yeah, um, I used to be there. I used to go there. And he's like, really? So he, like, he turns his attention to it. It's like, yeah, my mom was called out in one of the meetings, and he said that you don't need that, you don't need that operation. Go home and be made well. And he's like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, but my dad, he wasn't a believer. And so he encouraged her to have the surgery. He said, she had the surgery and she died. So just because you hear it, they had their moment, but they had to go believing. We have a brother at our church that was just preaching the other day, and his mom was in in the meetings. And um, it's either in the meetings or it might have been personally told told to her, but Brother Branham told her, he said, she was paralyzed or couldn't move, I don't know the exact details, but she couldn't move from her waist down, she couldn't control good, and so she was, she was bedridden, and he said, in the morning, you're going to get up, you're going to make breakfast for your husband, and you're going to send him off to work, God. so she went to bed expecting, she woke up, and, and nothing was changed, and her husband said, what are you going to do, she's like, I'm going to make you breakfast, he said, how are you going to do that, she said, push my legs over, yeah, and get me out of bed. Amen. Oh, and when she come down to that floor, yeah, the Lord touched her, yeah. and she went and she sent her husband off to work. Yeah. What did she do? Yeah. One had been told she didn't need the operation, yet she sought the medical advice over what Brother Bram had told her. The other one, even though she saw nothing, she said, he said it. I believe he's God's prophet. I believe it. She said, let me get up. So now we're going to go back to our opening scripture. And it's the story, you know, of the blind man. And maybe the Lord's come, and by the word, he's done it in a different way than you thought he ever would. Maybe, you know, that blind man probably never suspected that, that the Lord would come in flesh, spit in the dirt, make clay, and put it on his eyes and tell him to wash. But maybe the Lord's come tonight, yep. and by the word, he stuck that, that clay on your eyes, and now he's telling you, go wash. Seize this moment, this point in time. Take hold on it. Don't let it pass by. Now, I, I don't 
think I'm a powerful minister. I don't think I'm a persuasive talker. Um, but I know one thing. We were supposed to be on a, me and Brooke, the, the reason we come up here is we planned a, a family slash business trip. And all my family are out on that trip right now. But because of Josiah being underage, we weren't able to go. And when we talked to the travel agent at first, he said, oh, if he's over three months, he'll be good. Well, Josiah's four months, so we thought, okay, that'll be fine. Well, a month or two later, we find out it's six months. So we couldn't go. And so I thought about not even coming, just letting her come up and see you guys, see your family and stuff. And I just work at it. It was like, I don't know if I want to take the time off of work. Um, and I was like, I finally decided, yeah, we'll do it. We'll just, I'll take time off of work and we'll make it work. And so then that had to happen. And then Brother John had to ask me to speak. And then I was driving around in, in a tractor working and I was just thinking, Lord, what am I going to preach up there? I want to I I speak to the people what they have need of. And this is the thought that come to my mind. So I believe, I believe the Lord has predestinated this time and this moment. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be super spiritual or anything, but I believe that, that there's someone in here that needed to hear this tonight. And I'm just... If you need to seize the moment, if you need deliverance, healing, maybe you've just gotten lax. Let me tell you, if you get lax long enough, that devil's going to push something on you. Don't let this moment pass you by. Amen. If the musicians would come, we're just going to close here. And, and it doesn't have to be up at this altar. It can be in your seats. But we are going to open up this altar. Uh, if anybody wants to come, us ministers will pray for you. If not, we'll just we'll let Brother Solomon sing some songs. But just, even if it's in your heart, don't let this moment pass you by. Seize the moment. We love you all. And we just appreciate, appreciate you all. And, and God bless you.